Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones, and today on the program, just going to be me. Um, I'm going to have a special guest, of course, as we do every program. Uh, but uh, Yen is uh, currently detained, so not able to be here for the, uh, this episode of the podcast. Hopefully we'll be on the next one. We have a couple of uh, good guests lined up in the next couple of weeks as well, which I will get to a little later in the program. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'm uh, going to tell you who we have on the program, uh, what we're going to be bringing you, which is uh, really cool. We had uh, I have some fun concerts that... Uh, we covered over the past couple of uh, the past week or so since um, the last episode of Concert Pipeline, and the the guest on today's program is Laura Michelle, and uh, she has a new music video out called Chuck Norris, uh, actually featuring Chuck Norris as well. Uh, we'll get a chance to talk to her about that, and. Um, the experience of working with Chuck and also her uh, new album that's coming out uh, August 6th, right around the corner. So uh, definitely check that out as well. Um, we're also going to bring you uh, a couple of clips from concerts that uh, we covered over the, this past week, as I said. And, I'm, and we're going to talk about that. So uh, before we uh, get too far deep into it, let's talk, talk about what's kind of gone on over the uh, past week or so. Um, Star Trek Beyond uh, th- uh, came out in theaters, a new Star Trek movie, and I had the opportunity to see it in IMAX 3D with my girlfriend. And it, it's, it's. Th- I'm just going to put it out there on uh, on the table that the big blockbuster movies really aren't my bag. Uh, I've come to realize that, and uh, I'm pretty big Star Trek fan. Uh, I really like uh, the, uh, the Star Trek series. Um, uh, as you've kind of heard in the past podcasts um, uh, over the past couple of years, uh, I, it kind of came from my di- discussion with our previous co-host, Joe Wilson, uh, who has always been uh, a big Star Trek fan and never really pushed that on me at all or anything. But uh, but as I uh, got divorced last year we and Leonard Nimoy died, we were talking on the podcast. Those two aren't related, by the way, but uh, we were talking on the podcast about Leonard Nimoy, and that just got me kind of interested in, in Star Trek uh, a little bit and wanting to venture into the uh, boldly go where no man has gone before. I don't know. Is that accurate? Uh, but... I guess many people have gone there. But anyway, I wanted to give Star Trek a chance. And so I I started with uh, Star Trek Next Generation. And uh, Joe will say that I'm a completionist. Uh, So uh, I have to watch a show from beginning to end, especially if it's a series like that. If it's uh, a different type of show where you you don't need a context from a previous episode or anything, that... I don't, but if it's a series where these characters are developing, uh, I want to know about it from the beginning and kind of see this story as it unfolds all the way through. And so that's what I did with Next Generation, and I watched the whole series. And then I moved on to uh, Deep Space Nine and watched that whole uh, series as well and really enjoyed it. Uh, And... Uh, yeah, and so uh, I've I've gotten into Star Trek through their series. I, I watched some of the original as well. I couldn't, I, I haven't made it through the whole original series yet. It's a a, a little slower of a watch for me, um, but I I'm sure I'll get there. And with the uh, new movie Star Trek Beyond, it uh it it's it's a fine story. It's all right. Uh, I really think we're just shoving too much money into the movies, uh, though, and fo- not focusing as much on plot and making a, a great story. I don't think it need that uh, all the movies need to have cameras that are turning in circles and um, and everything to uh, and all this amazing CGI effects to really bring bring me in personally. So. While a fine movie, uh, I, I I didn't get that connection and the 3D effects. I don't, uh, especially on this movie, I don't think were exceptionally necessary. I didn't really need to be in 3D, um, so um, so that was a, a little bit of a letdown as well. But but it was good to get out and see uh, the newest Star Trek movie. Uh, 
so let me talk to you uh, a little bit about uh, the, uh, the the concerts that we're covering, um, and then we'll get we'll get into those a, a little bit later as well. Um, we're also uh, over the past week, I had the opportunity to see a couple of really cool concerts. Um, one was Brendan James, who was on episode 100 of Concert Pipeline podcast, and got to talk to him uh, again. Not not for the podcast, but just uh, see a really intimate show that he he did. We'll talk to you about that after our interview. And then Weird Al uh, came to City National Civic Center uh, in San Jose, and uh, and I, I took my daughter to see that, and it was it was great. It was I, this was on the books for a while. Uh, I really wanted to sh- share that experience with her and uh, and ha- have a good time. And so I'll talk about that also uh, after the interview with Laura Michelle. I think we should get into. Uh, Laura Michelle's interview first uh, get to hear uh, from her uh, if you want to reach out to Concert Pipeline which you definitely should you can follow us on Twitter at Concert Pipeline Periscope Instagram same thing at P- Concert Pipeline and on Facebook at Concert Pipeline Pod um, where we post pictures from the interviews and uh, and videos from the concerts and, th- and that sort of thing so uh, so you'll be seeing some of that and we'll, po- we'll post some video of the Weird Al show uh, also uh, up on the Concert Pipeline Facebook page. So definitely check that out. Uh, without further ado, we're going to call up... Uh, actually, we're going to receive a call here in just a second from Laura Michelle. Is that the phone ringing? Hey, Laura, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Hey, doing good. Oh, okay, sorry. Can you hear me okay? I'm in the car, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. How are you doing, Laura? I'm, I'm, I'm well, how about yourself? Hey, not bad, not bad. I, I got a chance to check out the new music video for uh, your Chuck Norris song. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Thank you, I appreciate that. You, I really do. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about how that uh, came together, and uh, and then we'll kind of get into. Uh, I know there's some history behind it as well, but tell tell me how the video came together, and then we'll go back a little bit farther from there. Yeah, and and so you it, the song wasn't even originally called Chuck Norris, but uh, but you kind of changed it to Chuck Norris uh, uh, to to kind of simplify it for you in the van, right? Well, no, the, the song was actually when we first wrote it, like when we very first were like it hadn't it hadn't been produced, we just hadn't even finished the song. We were thinking that it was going to be called the thing I want to be, but we could never. It was just one of those titles that didn't. And we just we had that Chuck Norris line in there, and we just automatically kept calling it the Chuck Norris song. <laughs> oh, the Chuck Norris song, you know, that's how we would refer to it. So that we just decided that we can't even remember the other one and we wrote the song. So we keep referring to it as the Chuck Norris song, so we just call it Chuck Norris. It had nothing to do with wanting um, more views or trying to trick people into clicking on it. It's, it's, we named the song Chuck Norris before we ever even recorded it, so. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah. so uh, going back to when uh, when you were a kid, obviously that's where this uh, ties in is, um, you used to watch Walker, Texas Ranger with your dad, and that was obviously a really positive memory for you, right? Yeah, my dad was really ill, and um, from the time I was a baby, he had a heart attack, a massive heart attack when he was 41, um, and he had heart transplant. So, growing up, he was in and out of the hospital, and those last four years, he was waiting for a kidney transplant and a liver transplant, and he, so he was, he was not working, um, he was working from home. And so, I, my brother was away at school, and we had to spend a lot of quality time with him, because when I was younger, 
she was, right when I was a little kid, he was always way in business. So those last four years, somehow with all our, you know, all the stuff we would do together, we started watching Walk the Texas Ranger and it became like our weekly thing. Oh, you know, tonight's tonight a new episode, you know. And so it just, I don't know, it just became this special kind of bond that we shared. And, you know, just to be able to get Chuck Norris in the video is pretty amazing. It still is. Like, whenever I watch it, I'm like, wait, that's Chuck Norris. Wait, and I'm in it, too. How would that happen? <laughs> like, I, get, I still get surprised. I'm like, what? How, how did that even happen? Yeah. And, and so what was it about Walker, Texas Ranger that kind of made you guys bond together uh, uh, to that degree? What what was really special about that? I don't know. I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. It was just we gravitated towards it, towards it, and I would get really, really excited when Chuck Norris' character would, like, totally, like, get the bad guy and, like, be loved. And I would sit there, and I'd be like, yeah. You know, kick his butt, kick his butt. And my dad kind of sitting next to me looking at me like, oh, my God, is she really my daughter? Kind of, you know? Yeah. And he would laugh about it, but I, I'd get really excited when he would, uh, he would, you know, be the bad dad. But um, I don't, I couldn't tell you what it was. Just, you know, that was, that was the show we watched. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever get a chance to see, uh, I don't know if uh, this might be t uh, too dated of a reference, but so is Walker, Texas Ranger, so I'm going to go with it. Did you ever get a chance to see uh, uh, on Conan, uh, the old Conan show, the Walker, Texas Ranger bar that he used to do? No. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay, so uh, Conan used, uh, I guess the Conan worked for, uh, it was on the company that owned, um, I guess it was Universal or something that owned Walker, Texas Ranger. And uh, so, so this is like his, his old. My, my car just went crazy. Oh, no. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. So, so Conan was on so, so uh, Conan, yeah, he uh, he was uh, on the old late night program. He had this lever where he used to just uh, uh, pull it and just rant, show a random Walker Texas Ranger clip that uh, that was hilarious. Anyway, you should check those out. It, it, oh my God, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll have to check those out. I'll have to, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it just the most hilarious random Walker Texas Ranger clips. I thought you'd appreciate that. So. Uh. Yes, I'm gonna have to check it out. No, I, I didn't know about this. I always would love learning something new like this. It's awesome. Thank you. Hey, for sure. You and we're both getting educated, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so talking about Chuck Norris, obviously, uh, how did he come to uh, have a part in your music video? How did that come together? Well, um, I still have no idea. I, I'm like I told you, I still can't believe it happened. And um, but someone on my team reached out to you know someone on his team. How LA does that sound? Um, <laughs> right. And kind of played him, sent him song, and. You know, Chuck listened to it, I guess, and then he asked for the lyrics, and he read the lyrics, and then you know he said he was in, he was really interested in doing it, and and from there, you know, he was in it. And so that's you know just reaching out to his people and seeing if he was even willing. I mean, what was the worst he was going to say was no. You know, it was yeah. worth it was worth asking, and we were shocked when he came back and he said, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'd love to do it." So, and he was really excited to do it, and. We had a fantastic time on set. Uh, we laughed a lot. He's such a happy individual, and it's, it's really infectious. And um, it's just it, everybody had such a great time on set anyway, but especially when, you know, he was there. Just, you know, he, he's Chuck Norris. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you, get a, did you get to talk to him about your appreciation for Walker, Walker Texas Ranger? I did. I did get to do that. And... Um, yeah, I guess I, I, his wife came along too, and she's a really lovely woman, really, really, really nice. And um, I spent a lot of time talking to her as well. Um, and I had told her first, and you know, um, I to be honest, I had uh, the the ten like it was Walker was on for ten seasons, so I had the box set of all ten seasons with me, and I was hoping he would sign it for me. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, she'll, she'll totally sign it for you, no problem." And, um, and then I, I told him we were in between takes. They were, they were setting up the, the next shot and I, I was chatting with him and I, I thanked him again for, 
for being a part of the video. And then I told him, you know, kind of why and the story behind it. And he was really touched. And we had a really nice conversation about it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it was cool. I wanted to be able to tell myself. Uh, so that was me. Yeah. And, and then he signed my, he did sign my, my box set. <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. And you, you got pretty physical on uh, on the set as well. I saw a picture of your foot wrapped up in a brace uh, after the acrobatics. Oh, yeah. I call it my Chuck Norris ankle now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when they when I was on the harness, they um, it might have slipped a little bit holding me up, and I, and I came plummeting down. They caught me at the last second, but it wasn't in time to, you know, completely drop me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in those, those like, six-inch heels, and I just, I came down just right on my left ankle. So um, it still really bothers me, actually. Uh, but it was, I always say, eh, worth it because the video, I'm proud of the video, and I think it looks great, so. Yeah. The show must go on so you continue yeah. shooting and everything, huh? I'm sorry? The show must go on so you continued shooting through the pain and everything? I did, and that, what was that was the second day, um, and I still two more days after that to shoot in heels. And so, Ooh. like the waiting room scene at the beginning, we shot that the day after it hurt my ankle, and I just had to, I had to keep doing that run out of the waiting room yeah. in those heels, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, and I just put my head, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, my ankle. Yeah. But um, I don't think anyone can tell, so it no. worked out, and I, I was able to suck it up. Hey, true professional, I say, so so good work. Yeah. 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 So, hey, I could have broken it, so it's fine. Yeah, it could have been much worse if you're hanging in the air, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I was on that harness for over two hours, so wow. it was really fun, except I wish there'd been a little more padding on the harness. Yeah, I imagine. So that, got a little that got a little uncomfortable after a while. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you you grew up on uh, m loving music, and I know, uh, like, one of your influences was uh, Celine Dion, also Disney soundtracks, that sort of thing. Tell me about kind of how that, Im how you brought those influences into um, into your, your music that you're recording. Into my album? Um, well, I mean, my influences are always changing. Like, I'm always listening to somebody um, new and kind of singing along, and you always are you know, taking inspiration from, from whomever you're listening to. But, um, I have a very clear kind of voice and, and that I think that comes from singing along to like Disney and stuff. In fact, I wasn't allowed to sing along to Disney on the way to the studio. Um, when we were recording, they cut it off. <laughs> I was banned. I was, yeah, because, because then I would have more of like, like the Broadway kind of Disney voice. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, they all just kind of melt, like, kind of melt into the, you know, one style. I I couldn't really tell you, the producers could tell you more, like, oh, there's that right there, you know? Yeah. But um, to me, like, someone will say, oh, I hear a little country, and I'm like, I don't hear it, you know, just because it's my voice. Yeah. And, and so, so uh, they definitely have influenced me, all of them. Yeah, and so your new album is a novel with uh, no end, which is really uh, a tribute to your your father as well. And um, and so tell me about the, the writing process for that, um, and uh, and how you went in preparing for that. For that song. Well, uh, for, um, yeah, for that song, and, and then ultimately the, whole album. Uh, the song, and ultimately the whole album. Well, the so well the, the title of the record is Novel with No End, and it is named after the song Novel with No End, which is you know on the record. But that particular song is I wrote about my dad and his passing and kind of feelings I had never really expressed um, out loud or voiced. And um, I thought that that was going to be a really tough write because I w I wanted it to be perfect. Um, I wanted it to express just exactly what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I. I I wanted to really express my feelings accurately. And it ended up writing itself very quickly. I co-wrote that with Jim McGorman, and we were, it was just like coming right out that we, we I, I, the session went to like one in the morning just because we didn't want to stop because we were on such like a good flow, and we finished it that, that night. And 
Um, so that one, surprisingly, the one that I thought would be the hardest to write, well, almost was the easiest to write. <laughs> yeah. In a way, I mean, emotionally, it was it was hard because I had to kind of voice those feelings. But um, yeah, it came out really fast, and then the rest of the record, um, you know, they were songs that I had written at various times it wasn't like i sat down and said oh i'm going to write this record it was like i've been writing and co-writing a lot and then we kind of chose from a very large number of songs which ones we were going to which ones we were going to record you know but you, some of them i was in a someone had pissed me off or a guy had pissed me off or a relationship hadn't gone the way i thought you know it was going to go and it was the guy ended up being, you know, kind of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was just we took the, the pile of songs and went through them and um, chose. But I've been writing the record for you know like a year and a half. So so it was like different stages of my life. You know, you know, you're always you know growing and evolving, and new situations arise that inspire inspire you. So. Yeah. yeah, it was like like a good year and a half of writing. So the songs are very much a point in time for you, really, uh, over this period. Yeah. So uh, so when does the album uh, get released here in the United States? It comes out August 5th. It actually comes out next week, oh, uh, awesome. next Friday. Awesome, awesome. A week, a, week, a week from tomorrow it comes out. Um, it'll be available everywhere. Uh, digital media is sold. And then, um, yeah, and then I think the digital one comes out first. Yeah. Because they're printing the, the CDs now, the actual physical CDs. Oh, that's that's really cool. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, um, yeah, I'm really excited for it to finally come out and, you know, to see what people think and just to share my music. Uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, so, and um, so I know you've been writing more recently. Are you writing for like your next album? Already kind of uh, thinking about that those next steps. I saw a video last week of you and uh, and Jim, and you're t uh, and he was talking about writing some dark song, darker songs for you. Yeah, I um, I have been writing for the next record. I've written a few songs with Jim McGorman already, and they have ended up being a little bit darker. I keep saying I think this next record's gonna be kind of depressing. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Um, it's it's cool. Uh, I'm the songs we've written uh, so far. We're really like proud of all of them, and like we'll go back and and play and and fool around with one. And we'll be like, oh yeah, this, I like this one. I forgot about this one. You know, yeah, one of those things. Like oh, that's a good one. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm excited just to keep writing and writing with him and um, other you know lots of people and for this next record. And I, I have a lot of ideas written down and it's usually kind of how it works. I got a session with Jim and then I, um, you know, email him some, some thoughts of kind of like, you know, where my head's at at the time and, and ahead of time and then, and then we get together. So, um, I mean, we're, and then we write. And yeah, that day that we went live on Facebook, it ended up being, it's, it's a darker song. Yeah. For sure, but uh, it's really cool. I, I'm 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 anxious to hear how it sounds up sounds all produced. I mean, it was just raw what we were doing. We were writing it. We haven't even finished uh, all the lyrics yet. Yeah. How how much of yourself are you kind of bringing into this writing for for that album versus fiction? Uh, more of myself than I than on this record. The, the record, the next record will have a lot more of the stuff I've never told people and never kind of, that I've always kind of kept inside. I, I usually keep kind of my emotions inside and um, this next record will, will be, you know, kind of, it's kind of scary for me, you know, to put the, even more of myself out there, but it has a lot more of me. Yeah. And, and my, and my, my actual thoughts and feelings. Are you nervous so about certain? As when it when we go, it's, a, it's like a depressing record. Yeah, I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> yeah, are you are you nervous about certain people's reactions and how they're gonna respond to it? The next one or this one? Yeah, then or the next one where you're getting really personal. Um, you know, I'm not because I feel like 
the songs we've written so far, so many people can kind of have or have felt that way, you know, and and kind of I don't know. I I, I just have I just just a feeling that I have that I think it's actually going to go over really well. Yeah. Um, even though it's scary, I think people will will really relate to it. Um, each each of those songs, because I mean, everyone has their ups and their downs. And they're good and bad days, and um, it's. I'm still gonna have the quirky side of me on there, and some tracks that are quirky. But I also, you know, there's there's a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of tracks that are a little bit darker. Yeah. Do you have any uh, plans to? Miracle content, I mean. Yeah. So when once the album comes out, do you have plans to tour maybe the West Coast or uh, anywhere to uh, get out and play some shows? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I'm gonna tour. I'm gonna have an album release party um, very soon, um, and um, in LA. And that plan is to tour. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm anxious for that, and to get to go out and play my songs for for people and whatever more fans and you know meet fans I already have and um, just get out there. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited and anxious for that to happen. And then I have. Um, I had already shot with Angel. I, I I did this with Angel Nation. Uh, I did a compact on demand show, and that's called uh, se- uh, like it was originally called Sessions at Willow Grove, and I think it's called like Xfinity Sessions or Sessions Xfinity now or something like that. They just changed the name. Yeah. And that's going to be available to all Comcast subscribers in the United States on on demand. So that's coming out soon. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, excellent! I'll have to check it out. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. As we wrap here, I, I know you're uh, pretty big on pranks. What are some of the more uh, memorable pranks that you've uh, done, and you're, that you're proud of? I'm sure April Fool's Day is a big day for you. Um, there's some I probably shouldn't tell you, but <laughs> I think that I have maybe maybe one that's uh, that, yeah, that you're okay getting out there. <laughs> um, I played. I, 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 in high school, uh, it was a group of my my friends and I. We were uh, like the T the TP Avengers. So if someone like picked on somebody at school, we would TP the crap out of our house. And what I mean, I mean, like you're talking 250 to 300 rolls of toilet paper on house. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, and so we uh, we did that. But recently, I I pulled up and my mom didn't. I'm staying at my mom's house right now because my place is being remodeled and. Um, her, she had pulled into, she, she was leaving the house, I guess. And so she had, you know, was closing the garage door, but my cousin and I were in my car and we had pulled up and we weren't like directly behind her, but we hit the, to the, the garage door was closing and then we, <laughs> we hit it to open it up and she was like, what the hell? And so then she hit it in her car again to, to close it. <laughs> yeah. We hit it in my car, and we did this for, like, over and over. And we could see my mom, like, her arms were flailing, like, what the hell is wrong? Like, <laughs> yeah. and we were laughing so hard, we couldn't even breathe. And it, and it finally dawned on my mom after, like, five, seven minutes of this <laughs> to look behind her. And it was us, and she was like, you guys are mean, you guys are evil. And we were laughing so hard, we couldn't even, like, speak. And um, she was like, I thought that there was another thing broken in this house because she just moved into this house and she had all these problems. So she dropped the garage door was now was now toast. It was pretty funny, actually. Oh, that's that's. I'm always playing like you know, if the moment if it's the right moment, I'll do you know little things like that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure going out on tour will be a lot of fun for for playing pranks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and my band, uh, my band and I have a lot of fun joke around a lot so uh it would just uh some there'd be someone would need to have a camera on us all the time just to get documented at all because it'd be pretty funny yeah well very cool laura thank you for taking the time today again it's laura michelle the new album uh is novel with no end coming out in uh, august 5th and uh really take appreciate you taking the time to be on concert pipeline today thank you so much for having me i really really appreciate it Thank you. For sure. Could could you do a promo for the podcast real quick? Yeah. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Laura Michelle, and you're listening to Concert Pipeline. Perfect. Well, Laura, I, I wish you a lot of success with the the new album coming out. Uh, the video is a lot of fun. Thank so, you. So, yeah, hopefully you get to get up to the Bay here. I'm in Napa myself, so. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love the Bay Area. I miss it. Yeah, you used to live in Danville, right? Yeah, I grew up there. Um, most of my life I was there. Um, so I was like 20, 22, and then I, I moved to Los Angeles. But, um, yeah, so like for over 20 years I was in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Fillmore is my favorite place to see a show in the in the world. It's just amazing. It's such a great venue. It's yeah. so much history. So it is a really great venue. Yeah, I love love the area. I miss it. My mom is uh actually selling selling the house there. It's my childhood home. Oh no. <laughs> kind of yeah. The memories. Yeah, it's a bummer, but um, you know, I still I still go back, and I, I almost, most of my friends are there, so. Yeah. In the East Bay, so it's, it's I love it. I just love the people. I love the vibe. I just I feel at home just there. It's such a great area. What 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 brought you to LA? Um, what part of my what, where am I in LA? Nope. I'm in West Hollywood. Yeah. Wh uh, what's uh, what brought you down to LA? Oh, what brought me down to LA? Sorry. Um, uh, music. Nice. There's, yeah. There's a there's yeah. A I had a, I had auditioned for this top voice coach, and he said. If I take you on, they need you to move to LA, and so he, he wanted to take. It was like a two-hour audition, and he took me on, and I I moved to Los Angeles. Awesome, awesome. Well, Laura, again, thank you for for the time, and uh, much luck with the with the new album. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you having me on. All right, for sure. You have a good one. You too. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about Brendan James. Uh, so as I mentioned, Brendan was on episode 100 of Concert Pipeline podcast. It was a very special episode and uh, and experience for uh, the podcast. And uh, he came to uh, my house and performed um, on my patio uh, with, uh, with his uh, drummer, Joe. And it was in the rain in November as part of uh, live in the vineyard. Um, actually it was, it was in April. Sorry. Um, episode 100 is in April. So, uh, as part of live, the live in the vineyard festival, it's a private festival here in Napa. Uh, and he, uh, he did a couple of songs, uh, for the podcast live as well. So it was really cool to see him. And, uh, I've kept up with his manager, Dan, and, uh, who was telling me about uh, a couple of new artists he had on his, uh, uh, bill that he was supporting, one of which is Laura Michelle, who is on this podcast uh, today. So figured it was a good time to uh, chat with Laura. And also, um, Dan, let me know that Brendan was coming to, uh, back to Napa uh, for a private show. And so I was like, yeah, totally. I'll go there. Yeah, I'd love to see Brendan again. He's uh, an incredible performer, uh, was so gracious to uh, perform for Concert Pipeline. And, um, and then uh we uh, i went with uh, my girlfriend to this private show here in napa which was around the corner from my house we walked over there uh and uh and it was no more than 20 people uh, brendan and joe again uh really intimate performance over an hour and he told a lot of great stories um and uh, and got really personal with the crowd uh, about what these songs mean to him and uh and how they came about and the, the writing of them and uh and his uh personal life and be, uh, and having a an, uh, a kid and all these great kind of intimate situations uh, that he's kind of bringing this really small crowd in uh, in on, and um, and it was so so cool. I mean, you're right there. There there was barely a second row of uh, of seats, and we were right there uh, as he's performing and kind of feeling this connection with uh, with the crowd. And even near the end uh, of the um, the evening, the performance, he. Um, he had the the lights turned out in the in the venue and just played by the the candlelight and uh, really brought it you know gave gave that vibe and told the audience that he was really having a moment and he hoped that they shared in that with him and so we're gonna play a song from uh, that set and this is the skeptic off of his simplify album.
say it wasn't me, I did it honestly. He came home one day to his loving family. He said, you'll never believe, we have got to leave. Daddy wants to make a toast, we're heading out for the West Coast. Driving US 1, kind of stars and sun. Turns to his wife and said, how could I believe them? I got the call today, there's no job waiting for me. He was fooled by the man and the thought of the wind rushing to the palm trees. I see holes in Noah's Ark. I see dirt in the reservoir. I see struggle in the architecture. I see sorrow in the family picture. I see you and it's enough. I'm a skeptic. I see love. I see love One said it was a woman A young and trusting woman She believed in the institution The marriage revolution She was an old school girl From the old school world But the man that she chose Had other ideas I suppose Could have been an easy street Could have been a dream complete Instead it was a mournful day Had to turn her love away She got back from her kids with wonder to see Brendan James uh, performing back in Napa, let alone right across the street from my house. Not bad, right? Not bad uh, for that. So uh, thanks, Brendan, for the incredible performance. Uh, and uh, he'll be back in the Bay Area in uh, October, October 6th to be exact. He's going to be playing in San Francisco. So you can check out brendanjames.com for uh, tickets to that. Definitely recommend seeing him live. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Weird Al a little bit. Uh, this is a concert uh, I've had tickets for months, and actually I had intended to go with uh, Joe Wilson, uh, again, former 
uh, co-host of this podcast, uh, I think last year, the year before, but, uh, it, uh, but he wasn't able to last minute. That, again, happened this time um, because of some unforeseen circumstances. But uh, I was able to go with uh, my girlfriend and my daughter, Fern, and, uh, and we went and we had an incredible time. Uh, it was a really, really fun performance. I honestly, I think I had more fun than anybody else, but, but by my joy, they, they had joy. One of those kind of situations, but, um, Fern really likes Weird Al. I listen to him a lot in the car. He's really, uh, family friendly for the most part. Uh, and, uh, and so it was a good experience for her. We had fifth row tickets, so we were really close and, uh, and got to see him, uh, perform, songs from over the years it's incredible he's ageless and weird al hasn't it, it looks like he hasn't aged a day and he's still doing uh the, the the incredible performances he always puts on with all of the costume changes uh that uh from his music videos over the years he did fat where uh he was in a fat suit and my daughter was really curious about how how he did that and he had the uh, kind of uh, fat face and everything and uh, she just didn't really understand that uh, but she thought it was cool and he played a lot of uh, songs off his um, uh, off his newest album which is a really great album and the first uh, the first comedy album ever to debut at number one on the billboard charts so was uh was really cool. The word crimes is the coolest song off of his new album, uh, in my opinion. Um, and he, uh, did not disappoint in playing that. So he, uh, he did it, it just such a, a, a great fast place educational song, uh, at the same time. And, uh, so really enjoyed that. And we're, we're going to play one song from the weird Al concert. Um, actually we're going to play my favorite weird Al song, uh, and that is white and nerdy. Yeah. 
That was White and Nerdy by Weird Al Yankovic. And we are going to talk a little bit about Weird Al and uh, in kind of my experience with him. I had the opportunity to see Weird Al live a little over a decade ago back in Fresno. Um, he, he played a, a show at the fair and um, I got to uh, go up and sit about second row. Well, I kind of snuck snuck in but that's you know neither here nor there sat about second row and uh again the the performances were both um incredible it was really cool to um get to see him uh again uh i did i think it was last year year before uh, i got got to cover the weird owl tribute which was moderated by uh, chris hardwick as part of the comedy festival in uh, San Francisco and uh, Garfunkel and Oates, uh, they did uh, like a surgeon, and so uh, so they performed at that as well. Uh, it was a really cool event. There was also a Q&A with Weird Al where the crowd could go up and ask questions. In, in typical uh, Steve for, uh, fashion, um, I snuck down to front row at that. Um, I'd gotten a free ticket because I covered it, um, but the, uh, I was technically supposed to go to the end of the line. I'll be honest, I, uh, I didn't go to the end of the line. I went to the front of the line and sat at the very front row uh, for the tribute. So I was able to ask Weird Al a question for uh, the podcast and um, Chris Hardwick actually, t- I was videotaping it and he, uh, he asked if I was recording and I said, uh, yeah, is that cool? He came over and took my, uh, iPhone and, uh, and then shot me asking the question of Weird Al. Not the best question I could ever have thought of to ask, but, uh, but I asked it nonetheless. And here is that clip of what I asked Weird Al. You talked about your daughter picking up the uh, accordion. So, I think we're wondering, when is she going to come on tour with you and do Dueling Banjo? Dueling Banjo. Well, her accordion doesn't come on very well. I'm teaching her a new song every week. Uh, she's probably not going to be performing on stage. Although, she, she's been on stage before. Sometimes, uh, when we have the five of first Legion come out and all the Star Wars outfits, uh, on occasion, my, my daughter will dress up as a Jawa. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you very much. I wasn't recording before, so there. <laughs> So I got a moment with Weird Al. Pretty cool. Uh, I'll take it. And um, so we're going to continue on here on the podcast with our most popular segment. It is the music news. Here it is. All right, I have a handful of stories uh, for the music news today. And uh, the first one is related to MTV. And you're like, okay, what does MTV have to do with music? MTV doesn't play music. Well, MTV plans to rebrand VH1 Classic as MTV Classic starting on August 1st. Uh, They're going to pull special programming drawn from across its rich history with a special focus on the 90s and early 2000s. The August 1st switch date has a special significance commemorating the launch of MTV 35 years ago on August 1st, 1981. Yes, before I was born. Uh, and the debut hour of MTV Classic will replicate the first hour of programming in MTV's history. Um, and in a nod as well to modern technology, fans will also be able to watch MTV Hour 1 via Facebook Live on the channel's Facebook page. So uh, if you're d- uh, not on the TV, you can watch it um, online, it looks like. So they're, they're also going to look back at TRL, that's Total Request Live, uh, and airing the most memorable installments of MTV Unplugged, Beavis and Butthead, shows like Real World and Laguna Beach. Um, and they're going to give uh, audiences a modern and artful home for classic MTV programming. And alongside MTV, MTV2, MTV Live, and MTVU, rounds of diverse portfolio with music and youth culture at its core. So if you want an MTV channel that's dedicated partially to MT- to music, you can check out uh, MTV Classic. All right. Um, what's next in the music news here? We have a Lou Reed tribute concert that's taking place this weekend. Um, and the show is going to take place at New York's uh, Lincoln Center. And it's an all-day event uh, celebrating the life and works of Lou Reed. And it's free uh, for people to attend. So... 
uh, going to be a, an amazing day. Uh, and it's a gigantic puzzle with all the new things that they keep adding to the mix. And lots of artists um, have heard about the event and just said, hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I play? Um, the, the program is only organized a few days before the event, um, starting with a blank page. And people just keep getting added to the uh, to the um, list. And that's there's going to be s several Sonic Youth members who are playing, um, as well as um, uh, members of New York Dolls and uh, William Defoe, uh, Willem Defoe, excuse me, um, Steve Buscemi, uh, a lot of others will be in attendance to read reads lyrics. Um, Lou Reed died on October 27th from uh, liver disease. He was seven year, 71 years old, so um, a celebration of his life. All right. Uh, Justin Bieber turned down $5 million uh, to perform at a Republican Party event uh, and during the Republican con uh, convention. And according to TMZ, he had been informed the event would not be political and that he would not be endorsing Donald Trump or any GOP policies. Uh, and he was he uh, he was going to be he would be required have been required to perform for 45 minutes at a venue uh, near the arena. And uh, they said no. Uh, they actually just turned it down. So. Uh, in related news as well, Donald Trump defied the Rolling Stones ban on his music by playing You Can't Always Get What You Want at the end of his speech at the Republican National Convention because back in May, the Stones had issued a statement saying they hadn't given permission for Trump to use uh, the 1966 songs, 1969 song saying we have requested Trump cease all use immediately, um, but he did not listen to that. So here's that. Uh, Radiohead played Creep for the first time in 12 years. Uh, they closed out their New York show on Wednesday night with a triumphant performance of Creep. For the first time, they played it uh, to the uh, to a U.S. crowd since 2004. So, uh, not a big Radiohead fan. So it's uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a little over my head as to why they haven't played Creep, their biggest single in 12 years. But it sounds like true radio Radiohead fashion to just be really out there and in left field and. Uh, running, b banging to the uh, sound of their own drum, so to speak. So, I guess that's great that the that they played creep. Uh, the crowd, I'm sure, was up in arms regarding that. It was the last song on their uh, set list um, in in their second encore. They uh, they played it. Um, and uh, in, in related news, Radiohead are asking fans to submit a one minute clip for their next music video. Um, and so you can check out Radiohead's website, I'm sure, for that um, as well. I just Radiohead, not my bag, really. Just really out there, and I just I don't get it myself. I'm not on the Radiohead train. I'll be honest. Um, my Chemical Romance, who were on Concert Pipeline, the old TV show, uh, they uh, have since defunct, and they are not around anymore. But uh, you can stream a previously unreleased track of The Five of Us Are Dying. There's going to be a 10th anniversary reissue of The Black Parade, um, arguably their biggest album. Uh, maybe it's not arguable. It probably is just their biggest album. Um, and this uh, song is an early version of Welcome to the Black Parade. Uh, they're doing kind of a split. They're doing the... Uh, uh, they're re-releasing the... Um, their Black Parade album and then having a bunch of uh, b-sides and cuts that didn't make it uh, on the uh, second part of that album so which is called Living With Ghosts so if you're a My Chemical Romance fan that should be out on September 23rd you can check that out then Marilyn Manson fell off stage during a show in Virginia I think that's all there is to the story <laughs> there it's Marilyn Manson falling off a stage so it seems like everybody falls off a stage sometime or another and it was Marilyn's turn of course it was filmed by a concert goer uh, uh, while he was performing his 1996 single The Beautiful People and it uh, shows him rolling around on the very edge of the stage before seemingly losing his balance and then he fell causing him to stop singing briefly 
His band played on as Marilyn was then helped to his feet by a security guard before the vocalist resumed singing. They didn't even stop. That's awesome. I, I dig it. Uh, and the a YouTube user wrote that Marilyn Manson was obviously inebriated and confirmed that he could barely understand anything Manson said all night. The show seemed like one long temper tantrum from start to finish with 10-minute breaks between each song. Uh, thank the metal gods that Slipknot came out and absolutely killed it afterwards. So sad to see him in this shape. So uh, I saw Marilyn Manson last year when he played with Smashing Pumpkins. Just say I wasn't impressed. Mm, not everything I uh, would have hoped. Not a huge Marilyn Manson fan, but uh, but the performance left a little something to uh, desired. So um, Oasis filmmaker... Uh, says Noel and Liam were asking after each other during the making of a new documentary. Um, and for those of you that don't know the history, Oasis is a pair of brothers uh, who don't get along very well and haven't really forever. And but that yet they had the band and they uh, they tried to make it work for a while. I had the opportunity to see them once live, which I'm happy for. They were a childhood favorite of mine. And uh, so I was really excited to get to see them near the end of their career as Oasis. Um, and so there's a, they're working on uh, a, a, I guess, a, a biography or documentary about Oasis. And the, let's see here. what What's going on? I don't know. I guess they were uh, – It's he said it was like Liam and Noel were in the same room, like they're having a conversation. Um, and – but I don't think they were in the same room. So uh, you can look look for more information on that um, if you want to check that out. Um, there's going to be a, a soundtrack to Netflix's Stranger Things that's going to be released. Uh, for those that haven't seen Stranger Things, go out and see it. Uh, I really like it. It's a great story. You can, I mean, it's one of those shows that... In my opinion, you should binge watch. Uh, it's uh, there's eight episodes. You can look at it like a seven-hour movie. Just make an, uh, make a weekend of it and um, and watch it because it's really amazingly done. It's it's a great story and um, and something that I recommend checking out. Uh, so there will also be, like I said, a soundtrack uh, tied to that. That's um, and also I think there's going to be a second season of Stranger Things as well. So more to come on that. While we're talking about seasons, a fifth season of Arrested Development is very close to happening, according to its creator. Uh, so uh, that's pretty cool as well. Not really music news, but something that interests me. Big Arrested Development fan, so it would be cool to see them back together. Uh, and I want to end with some one story that's just not even music-related, but for all those who are big fans of Pokemon Go... Uh, a Pokemon Go user was nearly hit by a driver who was also playing the game. Yes. Uh, smart people align. Uh, sorry, if you're a fan of Pokemon Go, I didn't mean to offend, but you're sucked into this world that uh, that is beyond your control at this point. So the police were called to uh, to this place in Ontario after receiving a call from a woman who had been playing the game while standing in a, a car park at 2 a.m., and she told it she, she had nearly been hit by a car while she had been standing there, the driver returned to the scene shortly after and admitted that he hadn't seen her because he was playing Pokemon Go. Now they're best friends! Right? No. Who knows? Uh, no charges being pressed against the driver, and the woman involved in the incident was unharmed, so there's not really a story there other than Pokemon Go has got to go. And so have we for this episode of Concert Pipeline. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm going to tell you who is coming up next time on the uh, Concert Pipeline podcast. We have a couple of other interviews that are uh, lined up next week. So uh, we're going to be talking to a band called uh, The Cordes. Uh, that's C-H-O-R-D-A-E-S. And uh, learning a little bit about them. Um, also going to uh, be interviewing... Frank Turner at the Fox Theater where he's opening for Flogging Molly. Yes, Flogging Molly, one of my favorite bands in the world. Uh, Going to get to see them at the Fox Theater 
so uh, it'll be an amazing show, and I really look forward to it. And you never know, maybe I'll get an interview with Flogging Molly at that show as well, and we'll have them back on the program. Had them on, I think, last year as well uh, when they played at Slim's in San Francisco. So... Uh, that's the podcast for today. Very big thank you again to uh, Laura Michelle for taking the time to call in. And yeah, uh, go enjoy great concerts. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time.